Welcome to Employee Buzz, a podcast about reaching, engaging, and motivating employees. In each episode, you'll join experts as they explore the best ways to communicate with today's workforce. Plus, we'll play games and have some fun. Step right up. Here's your host, Alyssa Zeff. everybody. I am Alyssa Zeff, your Star Wars aficionado, sports junkie, golfer with 20-something years of communication experience. I am here with Allison Davis, our fearless leader, Davis & Company CEO and founder. Tell us something we don't know about you, Allison. Uh, I'm a foodie. I'm a home improvement junkie and a voracious reader. Today, we are going to talk about the state of internal communication, where we were, where we are today, where we think we're headed next. You, Allison, were one of the pioneers in the field of internal communication. What made you realize there was a need for a focus on this? Well, first of all, I'm sort of picturing myself in my little house of prairie outfit. (laughs) Davy Crockett hat. Yeah, me and Michael Landon. Um, But back in the days when we started in internal communication, which was 30-something years ago, organizations were growing fast, and it was really the era when companies were becoming more global. But the problem was communication wasn't keeping pace. So at that time, there was a real need to figure out how to share information with employees. Of course, today, there's too much information. And so it's interesting because we as internal communicators need to figure out a way to curate content so that employees concentrate on what matters most. You and I both have PR backgrounds, or as we often like to joke around, we are reformed PR people. Absolutely. (laughs) How do you think that's helped you in internal communication? It's such an interesting question because... One of my first clients was the National Kraut Packers Association, which, of course, is the group that promotes sauerkraut, still exists today. Wow. And our mission was to persuade people that sauerkraut was more than just a topping for hot dogs. (laughs) So what I learned at that time was you had to really be creative. You had to think differently about a product that people had a kind of a preconceived notion about. So sauerkraut chocolate cake, for example. Wow. So it really made you think outside the box. It's funny because I did a lot of media relations, you know, and this was before all the online tools to help you find journalists and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So going through those big books, looking for reporters, a lot of what we called smile and dial. But it was so much about learning somebody else's style and really getting in the head of someone else to tell the story, to find the story, and to, to share what would be interesting for like them. Like, what's the right angle? And how would the New York Times cover something versus the Albany Times-Picayune? So I I think that has been very helpful for me with some nuances, mm-hmm. because while it's great to start to think about things from the perspective of an employee, an employee's not a journalist. Right, and quite different. So if I'm looking for a story, it's not a news hook as much as it is why would an employee care about it? Yeah, and I think that in PR, you tend to concentrate on things that are novel and attention-getting and kind of take it with that approach. But really, the best internal communication has a different focus, at least in my view. It's helping employees get something done, solve a problem, make their work life better. And so that's a big I think, difference from PR and employee communication. I mean, a big adjustment for me was even writing articles. You Mm -hmm. know, I was so 
used to writing press releases. But I think that an article for a company intranet or newsletter shouldn't, in fact, shouldn't be a press release. Right. It shouldn't be organized that way. So that was an adjustment as and well. And in fact, one of my pet peeves is, and we'll get to mistakes in a moment, I hope. <laughs> I hope we'll do that. Is sharing press releases with employees or posting press releases on an internet. Because a press release has such a different... Uh, everything's everything's different about it than what employees are really interested in. Well, I mean, in. and it goes to the theme of what we're talking about today. Years ago, employees didn't see the press release unless their company handed it out to them. Now right. they've probably seen the press release before the company even issued it. Exactly. <laughs> and people have already <laughs> talked about it on social media. So if you're going to post it, they've seen it, they know what's in it. Instead, I think you just need to tell them why it matters to them. Absolutely. You did a great segue for us. We know that companies occasionally make some mistakes. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> let's go. Let's have a list. We could probably come up with a thousand, but let's say ten. Ten things companies get wrong when it comes to employee communication. All right. Let's you start. want me to start? You okay. Start. So I think number one would be acting like all employees are the same as headquarters employees. So sort of everybody can read an email. Everybody, It's really easy for everybody to access information. And so companies forget about their workers in factories, people in trucks, people in retail stores who have a completely different access to the information. So what could they do about that? Oh, wait, I didn't know we were going to solve any oh, problems. surprise! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that just st the start would be to really identify all those different groups and really think carefully about how they do receive information. An example would be, for many people in a manufacturing setting, the manager is everything to them. And so, you know, then it's a matter of thinking, how, how do we equip managers with the information they need to share? So one of my pet peeves is jargon. As you know, before I joined Davidson Company, I was in-house at a big company and jargon was fluent there. And I think we did some great work with one of our clients on headlines, mm. which I thought was really fun to break up that jargon. And you were very involved in this. We looked at articles that they had posted and all we did was change the headlines and they saw dramatic increases in click-throughs and open rates and reading of those articles. So I think just getting away from that corporate speak and speaking to employees the way they speak to each other and way they're spoken to in their personal lives can have a huge impact. Yeah, I have a third one. Go. Too long. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I have another one. When companies look at communication as push only. Yep and they don't create opportunities for conversation or dialogue or even for give employees a chance to ask questions. Yeah, that's good. Bad town halls. Now, of course, there could be lots of subset aspects of this, but I think the biggest mistake that companies make about town halls is there are too many topics. There's not a focus area. Mm. So what happens is uh, there's all these different things being covered, f the finance report, you know, what's going on with new products, uh, on and on and on and on. And as a result, employees leave the town hall without having retained anything. It's just been this, you know, just shots of information coming at them and it goes in short-term memory, goes out again. And so there's, there's kind of no retention. Um, another one of mine is, and I think this should speak to itself, when the employee communication function or the internal communications team members don't 
think of themselves as a strategic partner. Oh, right? interesting. Just order takers. Yeah. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. That means, you know, like it's as if they're standing there with a pad saying, do you want fries with that? Yes. Yeah. A couple more? Want to yes. do a couple more? One is creating for employees what is known in psychology terms as paradox of choice. So there have been lots of studies showing that if you give people like 15 different things to choose from, they become overwhelmed. They can't even make a decision. And employee communicators do this all the time, like in things like email, like here's an email with all this stuff in it. And what happens is your your mind begins to, you know, just, you, you can't absorb it. So you know, a lot of, I think, several of these things we've talked about have been about focus, you know, what, and prioritization. What are the real topics that you want people to concentrate on, employees to concentrate on? I might have lost count, but I think we're, I think at we're at seven. Seven? Yes, somewhere around there. Seven, eight. Um, one of mine, another that I run into a lot with clients is overcomplication. We like to call this the curse of expertise. Mm -hmm. So you wrote a blog a while ago that stuck with me so much. When I'm looking for a recipe uh, to how to make waffles, if I go to a website to find this recipe and the first four paragraphs are about the history of waffles, I'm going to abandon that website very quickly and may even abandon the idea of making waffles altogether. <laughs> it's too complicated. <laughs> it's, I, you know, it's great that there's this awesome knowledge out there, but if I want to know how to make waffles, that's where it should stop. And I'm proud of some of the stuff that we've done in that area and really helping very complex stuff become very simple. So let's say we're on nine. Let's go to 10. How about that? Done. Okay. <laughs> we um, can count. <laughs> uh, bad timing, getting timing wrong. And that can be either way, communicating too early or communicating too last minute. So timing is really tough to get right. And a lot of times when we talk to employees in focus groups, they say, oh, man, you sent that information so early that I couldn't even find it when I had to do something. Or, oh, wait a minute, it's the 11th hour and I have to do something. So timing I would be my number nine. And what's your number 10, Alyssa? Um, not being objective-based, not thinking about what they're trying to get employees to know, believe, or do differently. Yeah. Um, and not thinking about what they're hoping the outcomes are. Yep. Okay, good. We got 10-ish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's say this complete this sentence oh gosh i wish all of my clients blank well it's interesting because you've already referred to my wish my wish is i wish that my clients had more confidence in themselves and what they know i think that they're you know maybe communicators have spent too much time being order takers in their career and they've sort of gotten used to it but the reality is that we know, we, all of us communicators, know so much more about communication than anyone else in the organization. We're the experts. And so we have this great ability to be strategic advisors and to not be in an order taker situation, but really to be coaches and counselors and strategists and all that. And so I wish people knew how good they were, how awesome they really are. So, you know, the big existential question, where are we going next? Where is internal communications headed in the future, in your opinion? Well, I've been doing this a long time. And one of the reasons I still love doing internal communication is because I just think that the possibilities are expanding all the time. I mean, and so I think that we have an opportunity to really be a key 
driver of employee engagement, employee satisfaction. And I and the good news is I think leaders are increasingly understanding the role that communication plays. But as you said, I think we need to up our game in order to do that, that we need to be advocates for employees. We need to really develop strategies and systems for communicating. We need to keep up with the latest technologies. And we really need to think about the best way that we can meet employees' needs, not just you know overwhelm them with information. So it's a lot of work to kind of be all we can be, but I think the potential is incredible. Well, thank you so much for spending time today. It certainly gave us a lot to think about. For our audience, you may not know that we are going to end every episode of Employee Buzz with a game. And to choose it, we are going to spin the Wheel of Games. The Wheel of Games is very big. And uh, Alex Trebek, no, he didn't spin. Who spins? Uh, Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak. Here we go. All right, what game are we going to play? Box of Lies. Oh, man. Okay. I feel like I'm on Tonight Show. (laughs) For those of you who are not familiar with The Late Show with Jimmy Fallon, in this game, Allison and I will each be presented with a box. We have no idea what's in that box. And we will take turns. If I go first, I will describe for Allison what's in my box. And I have a choice. I can describe what I see or I can make something up entirely. And it will be up to you, Allison, to decide whether I am telling the truth or I am lying. Okay. All right. You're going to start? because I'll go first. Because you're the okay. host. <laughs> I am looking at the box. And just so you all know, there's a big barrier in between us, so I can't see what's in Alyssa's box. <laughs> I, but I do hear her laughing, so. <laughs> and she didn't know ahead of time. Our colleague Christine Burry created these box of lies. Okay. In this box, there's a picture of me, but it's my head on the body of what appears to be a pegasus. That's right. A pegasus is a horse with wings? Wings. Yes. Okay. And I am flying over the Emerald City from the Wizard of Oz, I think. It's green. And there's a yellow brick road. So, yes. So, it's a... You... As a winged horse, yes, flying over the Emerald City, so it's a certain you're a certain kind of yes crazy witch in this scenario, <laughs> crazy horsey witch in this scenario. Is that yes. right? Yes, I could be the good witch. I'm, I'm feeling no. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think you're lying. You're right. I'm lying. <laughs> in that? in fact, it is a picture of a box of craft. Mickey Rooney and cheese. Oh, that's hysterical. It's a picture of Mickey Rooney on a Kraft macaroni and cheese box. Huh. I think it's time for me to open my box. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I, I can't even imagine what's in here. <laughs> this is hysterical. This is just so funny. I can't even believe <laughs> Okay. In my box is a little house that looks like it's from a beach community. And on top of the little house are rose petals, like, you know, so rose petals. And on top of the rose petals is a a little stuffed animal, which some people might use for an elf on the shelf game. 
<laughs> you know that game elf on the shelf where you yes. hide the elf yes. or the kids and okay i'm going to say that you are telling the truth i am telling the truth. <laughs> this is exactly what is happening here's the elf on the shelf here are the rose petals <laughs> And here is the beach house. Is the beach house. So again, I so think we, tie. we have a tie. We have a tie. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. Yay. Okay. Well, I've certainly had fun with you. This here is a to- lot of fun. Thank you for being on Employee Buzz. Thanks for listening to Employee Buzz, where practical advice meets fun. If you like what you're hearing, go to your podcast platform, iTunes, Podbeam, Stitcher, or Google Play to rate and review.